Welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject, the Melchizedek priesthood. This is part nine of the series. The Melchizedek priesthood is a part of the government of the God of Israel, and the Melchizedek priesthood entails the office of king, priest, and firstborn, that the God of Israel has a kingdom, and he is the king of that kingdom. He has a government by which he rules and reigns, and the name of that government is the Melchizedek priesthood. It primarily has the offices of king, priest, and firstborn. And there is a test of faithfulness to see if you're going to rule and reign with the God of Israel and his kingdom and to be over others. Because in his kingdom, he's the king of that kingdom. He has a government. He has a domain. And the domain is the universe. The God of Israel is king over the universe because he created the universe and he's king over the earth because he created the earth and the Bible says that the earth is his footstool and then he has a people by whom in his kingdom is a part of his family in the name of his family and his kingdom is the house of Jacob or the nation of Israel and then he has a constitution which governs his kingdom and his kingdom is run through his Torah and the duty of his government is to teach the Torah to subjects in his kingdom and to live out the Torah as an example to others and so one who's going to rule and reign with the God of Israel is tested to see whether they will live their lives according to the Torah if they'll teach others the Torah and whether they'll be faithful to the Torah and faithful to the God of Israel and his kingdom and bear fruit for his kingdom. If found faithful, then the God of Israel is going to give an inheritance, allowing then to rule and reign with him in his kingdom. If you're unfaithful, then you're going to lose reward and status in his kingdom. So where we left off in the last part of the 
the teaching is we saw given that from the creation of Adam in the Garden of Eden, that Adam was given the responsibility of being the Melchizedek priest representative of the kingdom of God on the earth. And from Adam, once he died, there were Melchizedek priest representatives of the kingdom of God on the earth, and they were those who were faithful firstborns following Adam. And from Adam until Isaac, there were 11 Melchizedek priest representatives of the kingdom of God on the earth who were the authorities in the earth of God's kingdom. And then the one who would be 12th and to complete the government of God from the foundation of the world, that the one in position to have that role was Esau. But Esau didn't value it, and he sold it to Jacob. So Jacob became the 12th Melchizedek priest representative of kingdom of God on the earth. And then who was in line to be the 13th was Jacob's firstborn son, Reuben. But Reuben was unfaithful in his position and his responsibility. He committed sexual sin against his father. And then Reuben wasn't faithful to teach the Torah and be willing to lay down his life for his brothers, and he permitted Joseph to be sold and cast into a pit. And then when it came time to lay down his life for his brother again, when he could have done so for Benjamin, he offered to kill his sons instead of laying down his life for his brother, for Benjamin. And so therefore, Jacob found him to be unworthy and unfaithful. So Jacob splits the offices of of Melchizedek priest, king, priest, firstborn, among the faithful of his sons. And Judah received the kingship. Joseph, through his sons Ephraim and Manasseh, was given the firstborn blessing and the double portion. And then the Levites showed themselves faithful from the nation of Israel, worshiping the golden calf at Mount Sinai. And so the God of Israel gave the priesthood to the Levites. And so what we're going to see now Next is in this office, there's a test of faithfulness and so we're going to see that Joseph or Ephraim is being tested to see whether he's going to be a faithful firstborn. Judah is going to be tested to see whether he's going to be a faithful king. And the Levites are going to be tested to see whether they're going to be faithful priests in administering the Torah of the God of Israel representing his kingdom and his kingdom rule. So first we're going to look at Ephraim and in Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 9, we see that Ephraim is the firstborn of the God of Israel, as it is written. They shall come with weeping and with supplications will I lead them. I will cause them to walk by the rivers of waters in a straight way, wherein they shall not stumble. For I am a father to Israel, and Ephraim is my firstborn. And so, from Mount Sinai, wherein the Torah was given to the house 
house of Jacob. When the house of Jacob goes into the promised land, eventually there is a king that's going to rule and reign over all 12 tribes from Jerusalem. And the first king to do so was King David. Following his days in the days of his son Solomon, the kingdom was split in the northern kingdom and southern kingdom. And the leading tribe of the northern kingdom is the tribe of Ephraim. So the northern kingdom is a firstborn nation. And then the leading tribe of the southern kingdom is the tribe of Judah. So the southern kingdom is a kingship nation. So we're going to see as being a leader of the kingdom, um, whether Ephraim is going to be faithful in leadership of the family of leading a kingdom, and whether Judah is going to be faithful in their role of leadership over a kingdom. And uh, then we're going to see whether the Levites are going to be faithful in their duties as well. So now we look at the northern kingdom. And the first king of the northern kingdom was Jeroboam. He was from the tribe of Ephraim. And so then in 1 Kings chapter 11, verse 28, it is written, And the man Jeroboam was a mighty man of valor. And Solomon, seeing that the young man, that he was industrious, in other words, he was a good worker, he made him ruler over all the charge of the house of Joseph. So the northern kingdom was known as the house of Joseph. The first king of the southern kingdom was Rehoboam. First Kings chapter 12, verse 23, speak unto Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, king of Judah, and unto all the house of Judah and Benjamin. Now focusing on the northern kingdom and Jeroboam, Jeroboam is going to set up an alternative place of worship for the northern kingdom that instead of going to Jerusalem, which is what the Torah states for all males three times a year to do in Deuteronomy in chapter 16 and verse 16, it is written, three times in a year shall all your males appear before the Lord your God in the place where he will choose in the Feast of Unleavened Bread or Passover in the Feast of Weeks or Shavuot or Pentecost then the Feast of Tabernacles or Sukkot. They shall not appear before the Lord empty. So worship of the God of Israel for the nation for the Solomon sacred festivals and assemblies was to be at Jerusalem. Well, Jeroboam was concerned after the split in the northern kingdom and southern kingdom that if his people of the northern kingdom go to Jerusalem that perhaps some of his people would show allegiance to the king of the southern kingdom to Rehoboam and he didn't want that to be. He didn't want to take that chance. So he forbid them from going to Jerusalem and instead build an alternative place to worship the God of Israel. One was in the north of Israel and Dan and the other was in Bethel. And in worshiping at these places, Jeroboam introduced a mixed worship of the God of Israel. It was a mixture of belief and practice in the God of Israel with the ways of the people around them with particular emphasis on Baal worship. And so in this, the northern kingdom showed their unfaithfulness to the Torah of the God of Israel and to teach that Torah to the people of the God of Israel. So in their unfaithfulness, they received judgment from the God of Israel. And 
and an element of their judgment was to be taken into captivity by the Assyrians. So now let's look and see where it says in the scriptures that Jeroboam set up an alternative place of worship for the people of the northern kingdom rather than going to Jerusalem. First Kings chapter 12 verses 28 and 29 it is written, whereupon the king took counsel and he made two calves of gold and said of them, it's too much for you to go to Jerusalem. Behold your gods, O Israel, which brought you up out of the land of Egypt. So here, what is being explained to us is that which Jeroboam has his people do is likened to what the children of Israel did at Mount Sinai when they built the golden calf. And so one place of worship he set up in Bethel, and Bethel means the house of God, and the other he put in Dan. And Dan comes from the Hebrew word Dean, which means judgment. And so there's a prophecy regarding these two places and worship being set up in these two places that the people regarded it as the worship of the God of Israel, Bethel. But the God of Israel was going to judge it, Dan or Dean. And in setting up these alternative places of worship, rather than Jerusalem, Jeroboam set up an alternative priesthood and did not do, as the Torah says, and have the Levites be the priests, but he made those besides the Levites to be priests in the place of worship which he set up. 1 Kings chapter 12, verse 31, it is written, And he made a house of high places, and he made priests of the lowest of the people, which were not of the sons of Levi. And in doing so, Jeroboam set up an alternative festival, celebration, or season. In 1 Kings chapter 12, verse 32, it is written, And Jeroboam ordained a feast in the eighth month on the fifteenth day of the month, like unto the feast that is in Judah. So what festival is this referring to? It's referring to the Feast of Tabernacles. The Torah says you're to celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles in the seventh month on the fifteenth day. And so Jeroboam had his people to celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles, but not when the Torah said, not when the God of Israel said on the seventh month and the fifteenth day, but on the eighth month and the fifteenth day. And uh, the text is regarding what Jeroboam is doing as likened to what the children of Israel did when they built the golden calf, because it goes on to say that he did so in Bethel, sacrificing unto the calves that he had made. In the book of Hosea, we can see that the northern kingdom, or Ephraim, is sexually immoral. Hosea chapter 1, verse 2, it is written, The beginning of the word of the Lord by Hosea, For the land has committed great whoredom, departing from the Lord. Hosea chapter 4, verse 13, it is written, Therefore your daughters shall commit whoredom, and your spouses shall commit adultery. The northern kingdom was sexually immoral as we can see in Hosea chapter 6 verse 10. I have seen a horrible thing in the house of Israel. There is whoredom of Ephraim. Israel is defiled. So Ephraim the northern kingdom worshipped idols. Hosea chapter 4 verse 17 Ephraim is joined to idols. Let him alone. Hosea chapter 8 verse 4. Of their silver and their gold have they made them idols that they may be cut off. And Ephraim of the northern kingdom ate unclean things. And in doing so, they ate pig. Hosea chapter 9 verse 3, it is written, They shall not dwell in the Lord's land, but Ephraim shall return to Egypt, and they shall eat unclean things in Assyria. And so we see in 2 Kings chapter 17 verse 16 that Jeroboam departed
departed from following the Torah as specified by the God of Israel and set up his own worship of the God of Israel. And they left all the commandments of the Lord their God and they made them molten images, even two calves, and they served Baal. So let's summarize that which the northern kingdom did and see in doing so did they pass or fail their test of their firstborn responsibilities in the kingdom of the God of Israel. The house of Joseph or Ephraim or the ten tribes or the northern kingdom is the firstborn of the God of Israel. King Jeroboam who was the first king of the northern kingdom or the house of Joseph or Ephraim or the ten tribes, he set up an alternative place of worship, an alternative priesthood, and an alternative festival celebration in season. Number three, Ephraim committed sexual sins. Number four, Ephraim worshipped idols. Number five, Ephraim departed from following the Torah. And so we can see this, that the northern kingdom was unfaithful in their firstborn obligations and responsibilities. So let's look at the southern kingdom, the house of Judah. Being a kingship nation, would the southern kingdom receive the Messiah of Israel and the Messiah of the world to be the king of their kingship nation? It was prophesied in Zechariah in chapter 9 and verse 9. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king comes unto you. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding upon a donkey, upon a colt, the foal of a donkey. So it was prophesied that the, the Messiah, King Messiah, would come to his people and he would be humble and he would show or reveal himself to his people riding on a donkey. And so this is how Yeshua rode into Jerusalem in the week that he was tried and put on trial. So we look at Matthew in chapter 21, and we're going to be reading verses 1 through 9 as it is written. And when they drew nigh unto Jerusalem and were come to Bethage unto the Mount of Olives, they sent Yeshua to disciples saying unto them, Go into the village over against you, and straightway you shall find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them unto me. And if any man say aught unto you, you shall say, The Lord has need of them, and straightway he will send them. All this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell ye the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king comes unto you meek and sitting upon a donkey, and a colt, the foal of a donkey. And the disciples went and did as Yeshua commanded them and brought the donkey and the colt and put on them their clothes and they set him thereon. And a very 
very great multitude spread their garments in the way. Others cut down branches from the trees and strewed them in the way. And the multitudes that went before and that followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. So at this point, the people were welcoming Yeshua as the King Messiah. Then Yeshua was put on trial and he was judged by the Jewish religious authorities of the day and by the priests that were in those days. And so we take things up then in Matthew in chapter 26 beginning in verse 57 and Yeshua is tried regarding whether he is the king Messiah and whether the kingship nation, the southern kingdom of the house of Judah, whether they're going to receive Yeshua, the Messiah, as the king of their kingship nation. Matthew chapter 26 verse 57 and through verse 66. And they that had laid hold on Yeshua led him away to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the scribes and the elders were assembled. But Peter followed him afar off into the high priest's palace and went in and sat with the servants to see the end. Now the chief priests and the elders and all the council sought false witness against Yeshua to put him to death, but found none. Yea, though many false witnesses came, yet found they none. And at last came two false witnesses and said, This fellow said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and build it in three days. And the high priest arose and said to him, Answer thou nothing. What is it which these witnesses have against you? But Yeshua held his peace, and the high priest answered and said unto him. So the high priest of the nation of Israel says to Yeshua, I adjure you by the living God that you tell us whether you are the Messiah, the Son of God. And Yeshua Yeshua said to them, You have said, Nevertheless, I say unto you. In other words, you said that I'm the Messiah. Yes, I'm the Messiah. And furthermore, I will say unto you, Hereafter shall you see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. So Yeshua was referring the high priest to the book of Daniel. And in Daniel chapter 7, verses 13 and 14, which reads, and I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven and came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. And there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom that all people, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed. So Yeshua pointed the high priest to the prophecy about the Messiah in Daniel chapter 7 verse 13 and that Messiah would be given a kingdom that would not pass away. So Yeshua was clearly in the scriptures. He was stating that he is the Messiah, that he is the king of the kingship nation, the house of Judah. He's the king of the entire nation of Israel and that he's the Messiah and the king of the world. 
the response by the high priest is he rejected this claim. Then the high priest rent his clothes, saying, He has spoken blasphemy. What further need have we of witnesses? Behold, now you have heard his blasphemy. So what did they call his blasphemy? That he said that he is King Messiah, and he's the one being referred to in Daniel chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. So the high priest say, What do you think? And they answered and said, He is guilty of death. So ultimately, the kingship nation was unfaithful in their responsibility to teach and reveal and to make the people aware of who the Messiah is, what the role and task and function of the Messiah, and to receive the Messiah when he comes. So the northern kingdom now is unfaithful. The southern kingdom is unfaithful. What about the Levites? Well, we're told about the Levites in Malachi in chapter 2. And so we will look at the scriptures there where it says regarding the Levitical priests. Well, that's going to conclude part 9 of the series on the subject, the Melchizedek priesthood. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.